Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself, Sinead Kyo. Coming up on the show today, Kilkenny Hurling, Kilkenny Camogie, Carlo Football, Tennis, KDL and lots, lots more. But first we'll hear from Kilkenny Senior Hurling Manager Brian Cody after Kilkenny overcame Galway to win their third Leinster final in a row. Uh, Brian, a third Leinster title in a row, that will have to be very satisfactory. Yeah, no, obviously it's a huge match tonight, Leinster final, and first of all, to be Leinster champions is, is a great achievement for the players, and also obviously it was the added bonus of getting straight to the other in semi-final, so it's just a great night for Kenny for certain. Brian, after coming out of Galway, obviously you were disappointed, you were maybe unhappy with the way the game ended with the free, did that help to motivate the team different tonight? I wouldn't say so, no. I mean, we, we lost in Salt Hill by a point. Kenny have gone to Salt Hill and Crow Park as well many times over the years and have always found Galway a really serious challenge and have come out on the wrong side of it at different times. Um, so, I mean, we lost the game. Of course, we were disappointed to lose the game. But, you know, you don't need that extra kind of motivation to just go ahead and compete and try to win the answer final. That's, that's, that's it's all there for you. It's just worth going after. There was a very high free count and both teams got a lot of scores from free so it was a bit of a stop-start game but that really doesn't matter when you win it or how did you see it? Well I think it's all, it's, I saw it or you saw it, it doesn't really matter once you win it to be honest about it. You know the game was, you know, it was once it's out there in front of you and obviously a huge part of it is if you're scoring your frees and you know Gigi's uh, free taking tonight was, was absolutely immense you know and, and was so, so important. Um, so look at the game takes on various can take on any kind of a shade on different times and tonight I suppose there was a, a, a relatively high free count but that's, that's, that happens Now in terms of the Kilkenny defence they were under pressure Galway might have got a couple of goals I know we could have got as well but once again the Kilkenny backs yeah, as a unit played well and I thought particularly Hugh Lawler in the second half and Mikey Butler yeah, well, I think I wouldn't particularly individualise it. I thought um, we defended well all, all over the field. I thought the forwards defended very, very well. They put great pressure on their back line, which, of course, was um, crucial for our backs. Our backs are, have been consistently good. And again, we were strong, we were strong everywhere, I believe. You know, was, if we had been less than completely competitive and efficient in any area of the field tonight, we wouldn't have won because the opposition is quality. But, um, you know, I think our, our attitude and our work rate and our genuineness and, and, and honesty right throughout the field was, was top class. Did you have to do much to motivate the players in terms of the work rate because it was significantly up on the last day? Uh, the players demanded off each other, you know, I mean, you're inter-county players and I mean, <laughs> the first requirement for any inter-county player is for a club there as well, obviously, but at this level, if you go out and you think work rate is not the most important thing, but then you're caught in yourself. So in, in terms of the second half, we only got three points to play, maybe two late on. Does that concern you as you go into a semi-final, or is that just something you now work on over the next couple of weeks? Well, I'll tell you, we could have got maybe eight or nine from play and lost the game, and that would concern me. I'm not in the slightest bit concerned about what happened, because it was a night where you had to put your shoulder to the wheel. Everybody put their shoulder to the wheel. We are playing a top, top-class team. I think we won by five points. So that's, you know, that's something that, obviously, we look back at the game, and we look at ways, and we, will we have to improve? To, to win the semi-final, I'm not even sure that we have to improve, but that's the nature of championships. The further you go, the more is required of you. Can Kenny have had to really use the, the, the panel more and more this year, maybe, than ever before? And uh, it does, it is helping. The players are coming on, are adding more than the, maybe the players goes off, and it could work around the opposite way the next day. 
Well, look, I mean, I'm always saying about the quality of our panel, you know, I mean, everybody is not kind of um, absolutely thrilled about our team or anything else, and people maybe talk about why haven't we a settled team. I've never, I've never in my life been concerned about having a settled 15. We have a settled panel, a settled attitude, a settled spirit, and that's very, very strong, as it's proven tonight. And we can bring in players or leave out players, and it doesn't change the, the potential in our team. Well, it's a three in a row, it's different, obviously, Yeah, no, it's a fair point because I mean, obviously, Roland Robin would put, put, put serious um, requirement on, on all the teams involved in it. First of all, the, the challenge to get out of Leinster, you know, three teams got out, Dublin missed out. I mean, after being in pole position, you might say, for a while there, and very, very unfortunate to lose out. Um, as it turned out, we, we got straight to the Leinster final. and. Brilliantly now, obviously, we've won the Lancer final. But what you're saying is, is um, should all matches stand to us? They should stand to us. But again, whoever we come, we are going to come up against in the semi-final, we'll have had the same preparation too. Yeah, the four-week break has been a concern for, for teams in the past, not so Kilkenny would have in the past had it. And we look at the clubs, how are you going to deal with this four-week break? And do you think it's no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with have to have the four-week break at this stage because it's been very, very intense and obviously very, very little time for training at all from the point of view of, you know, working at, at things and training and just building the whole sense of being ready for the challenge. So we have that opportunity now. Obviously, we can use a few days as well to recover. It gives us time to recover well and get going again and really prepare well. But look at, I mean, the semi-final is just a major step up again. We had Conor Fogarty back at midfield today, and while I know you don't want to, uh, and understandably so, don't to harp on any player, but it was good to get that experience back there today, and I think he certainly solidified that position for the overall team. Look, he's just a player you can completely have complete trust in, you know. I mean, Conor, Conor was hit with injury um, earlier on in, 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 the, in the year and that, and missed out an awful lot of time. He had a serious enough injury, but he came through. And he's just a remarkable um, player with massive levels of fitness, even come back from injury as fit as anybody almost, which is just a phenomenal tribute to him. He's just, he's just a top player with, with um, a phenomenal attitude and a terrific team player. No doubt about it, yeah. I mean, Huey obviously um, he got a serious injury the day over in Salt Hill, and look, he just kept going, kept training, but obviously couldn't get any hurling, serious hurling preparation before before tonight, really. But um, you know, he's a top player, terrific attitude again. Mikey has come into the team this year and has just settled in very, very well, and again, player with a great attitude. So, look, I mean, the, but the whole thing is the panel. I mean, our panel was has been tested left, right and centre and is, is still going strong. Look, we're, we're obviously really happy tonight. We're going home as Lancer champions, um, but we're also going home now to prepare for an All-Ireland semi-final, which we know is going to be a massive challenge for us. And Would you be surprised if you played Galway again? Sorry? Would you be surprised if you played Galway again? To be honest, I have no idea who, what way it goes after this. I mean, who can play who? I just, honestly, I don't know who's next, um, but whoever is next is um, in four weeks' time and Look at, we'll have a look at the monster final tomorrow, and we look forward to sitting down to watch it. And that'll, that'll be, we'll take it from there. And finally, Brian, obviously, I'm leaving with the Bob O'Keefe Cup, but you're also leaving, I think, with no injuries, and that's really good going into the next round. I know it'll be held for leather in training, but nevertheless, it's good to be going into training with no injuries today. 
And there's no doubt about it, like everybody wants to avoid injury if at all possible. It's very, very difficult to do that, but we can pick up injuries in training either as well. But look, um, our players are, we have top class medical team and physios and, and, and doctor looking after all that side of things, nutritionists. So, I mean, even to get back to players on the field who had picked up injuries over the last few weeks was, was top class achievement by them. And again, not only have we total trust in the players, we have total trust in our medical team as well. Next, we hear from Galway senior hurling manager Henry Shefflin after his side's defeat to the Cats. Disappointing result, more so a very disappointing performance, and that's probably the thing that probably hurts the most because if you go out and you lose a big game and you, you perform to somewhat your capabilities, you wouldn't be too bad, but not to perform at all, it's very disappointing. So. That's probably one that's hurting the most. By half time, you were a point down, you had the win to come, and you looked in fairly decent shape at that stage. Yeah, but even the first half was just a very poor game, you know. I think for, for anyone, obviously Kenny are going to be delighted, but for the neutral watching that game, it was just stop start, never got any flow on it whatsoever. And um, yeah, there was no pattern of play, we had no punch up front. Connor Wheel obviously was hurting him a little bit, but. Said, yeah, it's just, just it's hard to put into words because we didn't see this one coming because we performed fairly well in the round robin, you know, uh, top to groove, probably should have even had all points and, and there was a good energy about us. There was good work rate, there was good intent in everything we did, there was intensity all over the place and training has been good the last two weeks. So uh, I definitely felt we'd get a performance, would it be good enough? I knew there was going to be a balance in Kenny, but... Um, yeah, it just never happened. That's, that's the overriding emotion, that disappointment. And you mentioned that stop-start nature. Obviously, it probably suited Kenny more than Galway. Yeah, maybe so. Obviously, TJ, I think, got 12 from yeah. freeze and stuff like that. But to be fair, I think we were... James Owens never really let it flow, but I think we were probably making it easy for him to make decisions by, again, just off it. You know, you're off it on the ball, you're off it off the ball. And when you go into tackles, if you're off it, if your hands are high, it's making it easy. So... Um, yeah, so that was that was kind of the way it went. And you mentioned Conor Whelan obviously got four points and played. The rest of the forwards, by their own standards, were very quiet today. Yeah, from midfield up, you know, I think uh, I think the two wing backs got a point each, but I think Keenan got two points in the wing and Conor Cooney got one point from play. And was it? And that's that's never going to be good enough to win. And that that was the kind of match it was. There was no no flow. We had a couple of chances early days. A goal might have given us a bit of confidence, but wasn't that it. Yeah, and you had five, I think it was five goal chances that we counted and as you said, if you'd taken one of them possibly, it could have been slightly different. Maybe so. Yeah. We, we don't know that, you know, because as I said, even with 45, 50 minutes gone, Kilkenny were a couple of points, you're, you're kind of waiting for Galway to come. Yeah. It just never came. So, um, and that's, that's a reflection of Kilkenny as well, to be fair, the, the defensive duties were very well and the, they were just getting into the breaks better than ourselves. The free count, obviously, I think it was 19-12 in the end in favour of Kilkenny, but it was, from a Galway perspective, it was a lot lower from, I think it was 19-9 at one stage. Was yeah, I think that we, we a 9 got, in any way? We got three frees in injury time, I think, to kind of balance it in some yeah. way. Yeah, it definitely was. I, th- I thought there was a few that were kind of dubious enough. Probably frees for us that we probably didn't get on the other side, but I don't think that was had a major bearing in the game whatsoever. And you, you won the toss, opted to play against it. Was that a conscious decision? I didn't even know we won the to- toss, to be fair, because... Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, I think both teams probably would have played against it. But I think we were as disappointed as we were at half-time. We probably felt we were in an OK position. Yeah. But, again, just never never got going, never came at all. And it's two weeks' time now, I think, the, the qualifiers 
possibly likes the car coming down the track. Uh, obviously, that won't be easy now. It'll be hard to lift the players going into that well, championship. Truthfully, if we perform like that against any team in two weeks' time, we will not win. So it's hurting tonight, uh, hurting tomorrow, and then you just get again and get back onto the training field next week. And uh, you need to bring that hurt to the performance because we can talk and say all the words we want to, but you have to perform when the white ball is thrown in. Um, Henry, Kilkenny were sluggish against Wexford, and I'm sure you knew they were going to come in with a bit more fire in their belly. And Generally, I thought Kilkenny they played the game on their terms more so than you would have liked, I'd say. Yeah, but I, I think they probably did, Nicky, to be fair. They were probably... But again, there was no flow to it, so I, I don't think it was actually it was actually a great game for Kilkenny either, you know. So, but I did think, like I think the Wexford game was probably I think Wexford performed very well when you look back at it. Kilkenny could have easily uh, got got there as well, but uh, I said no, they, they were better than us and they deserved a victory. So, um, and probably had more scores. I'm not quite sure stats on it, but um, yeah, so they'd be happy the way the game went. They won. In terms of the uh, the Galway flowers, I think we need to give credit to the Kilkenny backs as well. I mean, Hugh Lawler in the second half picked up Conor Whelan, who was no question about it, was the danger player there. And Mikey Butler grabbed a few balls, Paddy Deegan was on the run, and they all played well. You would have expected a bit more from your forwards, I'd say, in the second half, particularly when you had the wind. Yeah, but sometimes when you're playing with the wind, you can puck it down long, you can kind of get sucked in, and they can get bodies back. And uh, luckily, Kenny f- defenders were very good. I would say the Galway defenders defended uh, heroically as well, so that our full back line especially was very, very strong. So uh, it was a kind of game for defenders, wasn't it? it uh, yeah, but, but to be fair, Kenny played well, and obviously Paddy Deegan got a couple of scores from wing back as well, which, which helped them. Three Leinster titles in a row for Kilkenny, and uh, I, I know you're in a different camp now, but it does say a fair bit about Kilkenny that they're still able to notch up Leinster titles. I think you've said it yourself, Nicky, that's the truth. Yeah. Oh, look, when they get to a Leinster final, they're going to be very hard bets, so um, yeah, three in a row, it's, it's a fair going for themselves. What are you going to do to your players in the next uh, couple of weeks? Because they, they, need a, they need a bit of geeing up now. What, what are you going to do different? Different? I'm not quite sure because, uh, you know, we get back on the field, we go again and, uh, you know, you train and obviously you look at personnel and see if there's anyone outside the 26 that can come in, is there anyone in the subs list that can make a start and you have to re-look at all those things. So I think the difference is probably personnel because I don't think you're going to change that much in two weeks. Henry? Is it getting easier or more difficult to face Kenny? Sorry? Is it getting easier or more difficult to What do you mean by that question, John? So it's the second time. Yes. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's much different. You prepare for it, and it was only five weeks ago we played for him, so I don't really get the relevance. But sorry, I, I'm not quite sure your question. Because you're playing Kilkenny your own county for a second time, that's the question I'm asking. So is it more difficult or easy to play them? But it's, it's the same. It's, it's, the, it's, it's No, I wouldn't say so, no, because they're a difficult team to play against. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, we'll take a positive, Henry. Coming up to the match, if you said you'd hold Kilkenny scoreless, which you did. And, uh, from not goals, scoreless, goals, yeah. goals, I mean, sorry. And Kilkenny get 19 points. You'd give yourself every chance coming into it. So the point I'm trying to make here is, up front, maybe the forwards just didn't click today, did it? Yeah, defenders no. Defenders were good. I, I, thought, yeah, I thought both sets of defenders mm. were probably good. And obviously, I think TJ got 12 from freeze, and I think Conor Cooney got. Four, I think. Nine, yeah, so that was probably the little bit of a difference there. And TJ nailed all his freeze and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. And, but Kilkenny had a few goal chances in the second half. We probably had them in the first half. So, um, yeah, it was just. 
I don't know, from anybody's view, probably happy, but it was just it was a very flat game. We hear now from Connor Byrne from New Oak Boys. Weekend and uh, just kind of get, gathering their, their their thoughts and their bearings, and we might go again maybe in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. <laughs> well deserved. What an absolutely fantastic season! A quadruple never been done before. A domestic quadruple, just some amazing games along the way. Won everything that there was to win in Carlo. I know it could be easy to say that you started out the year with that on your mind, but to actually achieve that is just something unfathomable. Yeah, no, we 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 we're over the moon with it, really. You know, it's just we we took it um, game to game, and you know, we said we 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 kind of it just started building momentum over the year. And like I said to you before in the show, you know, we we set our goals and 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 we we really really pushed to try and get them. And uh, but to achieve it, it was just unbelievable. Like the scenes over in um over in collection um, after after the last two finals um. Just it was just kind of that relief, and you just you're bringing your confidence into the next game, and we just we just felt it just felt really really good at the end of it all. We had our friends and our family on the pitch afterwards, and I tell you the the Popish Ultras were were there as well, and and we have a, we have a big big following that have been with us all season, just there with us along the way and pushing us along and cheering us along, and it was just fantastic to share it with everybody there. So it was. Yeah, I just seen that because that's what sport does. It helps galvanize a whole community and really helps egg on the players out in the field. I've seen like a flare or two at the end of when you won the when you won the Premier Division. It's just tremendous to have that. You've had your fans, uh, Gaffney, I think his name is up on Twitter, just always yeah, just throwing stuff up. It's amazing. That's it. Tony Gaffney has been a gem with with social media this year. You know, he's he's just. He's just been there at every single game. His his two sons are, are on the team, Cahill and Keelan in the goal and Cahill centre back. Um and you know, he's just been fantastic sharing sharing um our our, our our progress and putting up team photos and, and basically sharing with everybody the history that we've actually created this year, you know. It's just been um it's been wonderful to actually you know, to to be part of that and everyone is, is you know, after the game you can see photos and you can see updates and 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 people are responding to it, and it's just it, it it kind of it's part of the whole machine that we built this year was was um, getting people on board and 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 getting the, the the fans down to see the games, particularly the some of the cup games that we've been in, some really big battles, and having that support on the sideline and and uh, it's just been unbelievable. So that. It's uh, speaking of machines as well. It'd be remiss of me not to mention Dean Kelly, just an absolute unbelievable footballer. Uh, the yeah. smiles on people's faces when they talk about him as well, because a lot of time when you meet someone that's quite good, they might be cocky, they might be arrogant, but by all accounts, this man is an absolute gentleman. No, as you say it there, Shane, I have a smile on my face talking to you about him here now because he's just. I I tell you, I the play beside him in the midfield this year is just it's it's a dream. It, I've learned so much. I feel myself personally. I've grown as a player playing beside him because he, um, he you know, he, he just he, we kind of complement each other. I kind of I'd be up and down, but if if you can get get it to Dean Kelly, Dean Kelly would always do something special with it. And he's just like you said, he's uh, there's no ego on this chap at all. He's just he he has got skill um, to to display, and and he does it um, week in week out, getting us goals, getting us assists. And, uh, and and is a true leader 
um, on, on the field as well in, in his manners and in, in his actual ability as well. So it's just been, it, it's unbelievable having him part of New Oak and how, how, I don't know how he hasn't been picked up by, by a team in England or even top teams in League of Ireland. Uh, uh, you know, this man, this man could, could no doubt um, hold his own in, in those kind of tiers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, certainly. And uh, you know what's great is that you mentioned that he's helped bring on not just your game, somebody else's game. And yeah. thinking about that, you know, for domestically, there's not much he can do more than what you've done. However, it'd be... If I didn't ask you about it, uh, people would be asking, why didn't you ask about it? The LFA Cup, we were speaking just beforehand, you were going up against North End United and just the yeah. injury time goal was no doubt devastating. We were banking on an evergreen New Oak game, we were going to film yeah. the whole thing and stuff, you know, Carlo versus Kilkenny. What happened in that game? I heard, I don't know whether it's a conspiracy theory that there was only meant to be <laughs> 10 minutes injury time and they played 17, I don't know what went on. From your perspective, what happened? Yeah, look, that game was it was absolutely glorious day down in Wexford Town. Um, two top teams going head to head, and we were lucky to go one up in the, in, in the first half. Um, North End full back and equaliser, um, and we played out kind of a one all draw, brought us to extra time, and extra time just seemed to go on and on and on. And look, I'm not saying that the the the, the officials were wrong with their timekeeping or anything, but what what I did kind of feel that it was just it was dragging on and on and on and it was it was definitely more extra time we we, we were expecting penalties you know one of our players were going down with cramp because it was dragging this this long and it was a kind of a it was a, it was a, a word word got out that you know after this kick it, the, the whistle would be blown and it'd be penalties but that whistle didn't come and unfortunately we you know we were just we were just caught um last kick of the game and all credit to North End for, 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 for producing that, that goal at the end, but it was it was it was hard to take, a really, really hard one. I kind of you know, when it goes to penalties it's it's anyone's shout really who's gonna win it and we just felt that we were robbed that opportunity to to really, really progress into that final. So it was heartbreaking. Look it was heartbreaking but we had to pick ourselves back up. We had to dust ourselves off, regroup as as a team and as a squad. And um, make sure that we were right in in, in finishing out our, our our goals of getting all four domestic trophies. You know, when we were talking to uh, Gary Marr, who's the Evergreen manager, about you know his his sides loss in the semi final as well. It was a bit more yeah. convincing than your loss, but he said that that is a goal that we have had for the longest time. Now they've pretty much they've won the McCallum Cup, the uh, the divisional cup they're in contention for and uh, the Premier Division as well. So they're in in for quite a good bit as well themselves this yeah. season. But absolutely provincial is always on their mind. Is that the case now mm. for next season with yourself? Absolutely, absolutely, Shane. Like we, we, we know what we're about now. We know that we are a team that can mix it with any top junior team, junior side in Leinster, if not Ireland. Yeah, you know, it's not just going to be the Leinster Junior Cup that's going to be on our in our plans next year. We we plan on really rattling, uh, you know, the, the SFAI um, if we can. Yeah. You know, we were we we bowed out of that quite early in the season, and it's down to I suppose different. You know, we play we play winter soccer. We have a lot of teams that are playing summer soccer, going up against teams that play summer soccer. So, you know, having to get everyone together early in the season and making sure that your head is right for, you know, being competitive in these competitions. We had a lot of lads playing Gaelic football, and um, we had a lot of lads away on holidays and stuff like that. But 
no doubt about it, Newark are a team that are going to really, really, you know, put their name in the hat and really, really compete for these top, top competitions. Um, and we know we can do it. We have the confidence there. We're, we're, not, we're not arrogant. We, we don't have big egos. We, know, we just know and trust in our ability and we trust in the players that are around us that, that, that our, we can do our job. And, and, and no doubt we will be able to, in, um, in the new season, to, to, to reach high, high um, achievements in, in, in September. Yeah, we're looking forward to the Carlow District League going ahead with that. We know that they have a night on the 10th of this month as well, so we might be able to see you at it. But, Connor, thanks ever so much for being so kind with your time. Just looking at maybe some of the opposition now for next year, um, you know, I've been on the losing end of cup finals. It's never nice. But the likes of Slaney Rovers, who you've went up against, or the likes of Cretillard who came in behind you, what is going to be their focus now? And what, what can they do to be able to maintain and keep up with a, a team like yourselves? Well, like there's there's every there's there's such a mix of different teams in, in cup finals this year and 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 at competitive in the top three or four teams in the league. Um, like we 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 have had serious serious battles with Creddy. We've had some serious battles with um, Kilerig. Uh, you know they've been been fantastic this year. Slaney have always been a dog. They've been a dog. It's always been a dog fight with them. And um, Parkville as well. Like all these teams, they see now that New York are the team to beat and we I, I no doubt about it every team is going to be throwing the kitchen sink at New Oak next year um, and we have a young Vale team coming up into the Premier Division next year as well and you know no doubt about it they're they going to want to mix it with, 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 the, uh, with the best in, in the league like Creddy and New Oak and you know um, Pats I know they have new facilities down there as well new manager um they they they're gonna have goals and they'll they'll want a piece of Newark and and my my response to it and I think the whole squad's response to it is bring it on you know it's 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 we're gonna to have to take meet every challenge head on and 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 hopefully try and 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 replicate what we achieved this year and even better. Well, thanks ever so much for taking the time, Connor. Wish you nothing but the best for the upcoming season and hopefully we'll get that coveted Carlo versus Kilkenny final that we've been looking for in the LFA or the SFA IE Cup in the next season. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Shane. Cheers. Connor Byrne, absolute gentleman with his time here talking about all things New Oak and their amazing quadruple that they were able to accomplish domestically this year. We're going to take a bit of music now, keeping things Irish. Una Dillon, who has breast cancer, has completed her challenge of walking five kilometres a day for the month of May to raise awareness of the illness. She has raised over €25,000. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Look, we were kind of talking just before uh, any issues are, came up and talked about the challenge of 5K a day for the month of May, all to raise awareness for metastatic breast cancer. We start, talked at the start of uh, the whole endeavour and now we're going to talk about at the end of it. How did it all go? Absolutely brilliant. It has been an incredible month. Um, it totally surpassed all our expectations and um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's certainly been a month that I'll remember and cherish forever. 
And when you talk about like surpassing your expectations, what were your expectations going into it? I know that you were quite humble, but you seem to have a bit of a groundswell of people that were really interested in, in helping and doing the task themselves. Did you find that expanded as the month went on? Yes, totally. Um, I think when I um, thought about the idea first myself, I I had kind of hoped maybe if we raised five thousand euro would be I would be absolutely over the moon to raise that much money for Kushnoor and the Marie Keating Foundation. I know um, when my boys asked me at the beginning how much I hope to raise I, I played it down a little and I told them maybe 2,000 euro and they weren't long in telling me I was being over optimistic <laughs> so to say today that we've raised over 34,000 euro um, at the end of the month and it's still growing it's just been phenomenal it's great I just can't believe it and um, yeah everybody well once I started talking about the idea and sharing it with people everybody just jumped on board Um I think people just people just bought into the story. You know, I'm just an ordinary person living an ordinary life and just wanted to um, help raise funds and support, you know, give back to the two charities that have been, you know, so supportive to me and my family over the last three years. And, um, yeah, people, it just, the whole fundraiser, it just took on a life of its own from the very beginning and it just mushroomed and snowballed into something way bigger than we could ever imagine. And um, I think at the beginning of the month, I had um, some idea of walks that I would like to do with people. But then once we got the word out there and once through social media, and it wasn't long before people were asking me, would I join their groups or they wanted to organize a walk? And suddenly every walk became a big event. So it has been great. And you can tell how big an event. You said over 34,000 euro raised throughout the month of May. That's absolutely incredible. Yes, it is. And I think, you know, I, I, it hasn't sank in yet, really, the whole reality of what has happened over the last month. Um, when I look back now, you know, um, I, I still don't know. I, it's only now when I look back and I think, how did I actually do that? You know, every day I was going somewhere or walking with different people. Um, I was having treatment and lots of scans and tests throughout the month as well. And I just, you know, I, I don't think the reality of what happened will sink in for a while because as I was going through the month, I would do my walk today and then I didn't have any time really to process the walk or you know, the the conversations I was having with people too much because straight away I was focused on my walk for tomorrow and making sure that, um, you know, that was all organised and all in place. So it's, it's only now really when I look back and realise the kilometres I've clocked up, the people I've met, the powerful messages of awareness we've conveyed and then finally the money raised. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to take it in, all right. The actual physical aspect of it did you find that challenging because when we spoke before you said it was almost therapeutic and really helped on your recovery journey both kind of mentally and physically but a massive undertaking like that did you find it challenging no i did i didn't um yeah i, I don't mind the walking part at all and for me going out and walking 5k that that part was okay but it was nearly what i found most tiring was um 
you know, the walks became such a big occasion and um, you were bringing together so many people and chatting to everybody and um, nearly the social aspects of the walks were more tiring. And um, But it was just lovely, though, to get out and to meet all those people. I must have met hundreds and hundreds of people throughout the month. And, you know, a lot of people... But because of COVID as well, that I haven't seen in a long time, and I've met many people who who I didn't know before, and um, I think each walk was was lovely and bringing together a group of people and people meeting up and chatting and um, some family and friends have arranged refreshments at walks and everything, and it just became a lovely social occasion. And I think it was then with all those people and the buzz of excitement from everybody else, it just carried me along throughout the month. And um, so that that really helped. And um, I think at, at the beginning, at the middle of the month, all right, I was um, kind of starting to feel very tired and I kind of had a few hours sleep, you know, most days. And I was wondering, how am I going to get through the rest of the month? But I kind of had a little chat to myself and just thought, you know, this is never going to happen again. This is, you know, just to savour every moment. And I just took it one walk at a time and we got through the rest of the month. So it was it's great. It, it genuinely brings a smile to my face to hear you talking about such a challenge. But you've been able, you're at the other end of it now and you've been able to complete it. Speaking of the challenges that you're going through, how has the treatment been going while you've been doing this? Um, no, it's been going very well. I've um, Throughout the month of May, I had um, I was up in Dublin um, for three days. Um, I actually had um, two days of treatment and... Um, two days of treatments and um, another day of um, scans and um, tests. Yeah, so um, I got results then just the second last day of the month saying that um, all my tumours were stable and there was no sign of any progression. So it was just a wonderful way to wrap up the whole month. This was great. Well, that's fantastic to hear, Una. And, you know, people that are hearing this story and they hear that it's in the month of May doesn't mean that they can't still donate as well. I can see the page still up. I can see supporters still being able to make payments. And donations are available, I believe, until the 1st of July. Yes, they are. So any donations are very welcome until until the end of the month. And um, I just know from speaking to um, some of the ladies in Cushnore and the Marie Keating Foundation, they, they feel this year, because, uh, you know, a lot of people have given to Ukraine this year and people's costs of living have gone through the roof, that they expect that this year that their funds, will have, you know, funds available to them will be a lot lower than usual years. So they're extremely grateful for any of the money that we have raised. So, um, yes, we'll be keeping that page open for um, to, for the rest of this month. So it would be great if if we could um, add a little bit more to it. I'd be delighted. Certainly, especially coming off uh, the pandemic as well, when a lot of fundraising efforts were obviously curtailed because people couldn't get together. It was great to see people being able to go out, show their own initiative and do challenges like the challenges that you're putting out there to raise money for some very worthy causes. Una, you're an absolute inspiration. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us here on KCLR Scoreline. No doubt we'll be talking to you again if you concoct any other mad plans in the future to be able to raise money. And I hope we'll be the first to know. 
Thanks a million, Shane. Thank you very much. Una Dillon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a tremendous story. You can go and support Una's page on I Donate. Uh, Una Dillon, if you type that in, Una Dillon, I Donate, you'll be able to help fundraise for the Cushnor Cancer Support Centre and Marie Keating Foundation. Lots of social media posts going up there about it also. Just a truly, truly great thing to see a community galvanised in that way. We're going to take a small bit of music from Mr. George Ezra. This is An- Next up, we're talking about tennis. Shirley Trimble of Kilkenny Tennis Club talks to Shane about the French Open. as well but we're going to have some post-game reaction to that news that you just heard there Rafa Nadal winning the French Open for the 14th time in his career after beating Casper Rudd in the final he has now two more majors than any other player in the Open era I think it was a 6-3-6-3-6-0 victory that makes him the oldest French Open winner ever in what could be his final appearance at Roland Garros joining me now on the line is Shirley Trimble for Kilkenny Lawn and Tennis Club Shirley how impressive was that performance oh gee he just kind of he never fails to impress does he Rafa Nadal <laughs> I think we all you know we all had hopes that um, Casper Rudd might challenge him a bit and indeed he did you know early in the second set I know it was 6-3 6 love so very comprehensive win on that side um, early in the second set uh, Rudd did be did break him to, and he was 3-1 up in the second set and he had a 30 love and it was a 30 all at that stage and he had a chance to go on and, and break to 4-1 but he just saw Nadal clawing back they, they likened him to a cat on court where he was nearly purring that he was so much in control in, in the in the third set with 6 love Casper uh, Rudd came across very nicely in the post-match interview, but uh, he really was up against a battering ram or a wall of of, of Rafa Nadal. And for him to go to, to win a 22nd Grand Slam, I don't know if we're ever going to see the likes of that again in history and his 14th French Open. So he really has nailed down his position as the king of clay of our era, most definitely. At the tender age of 36, not to forget, to be performing at that level and with a foot injury that has been giving him trouble this year he's come back and has really sort of blown the place apart and I mean you can't you couldn't comment on Rafael without commenting on on the semi-final that he, he beat um, Sverev the German player who was ranked number three in this tournament who had to withdraw with a gut-wrenching injury at the end of the second set Sasha uh, Alex Sverev who um is you know over six foot four I think he fell on the outside of his right ankle sliding across the clay court at the end of the second set with Nadal which had taken I think nearly three hours and they hadn't completed the second set and Perzerov had to be wheelchaired off centre court in Roland Garros on two nights ago and you, the, you you very rarely see things like that and he was rolling around writhing in pain which was uh, very upsetting for anybody that was watching or anyone was that, that happened to be their life, but certainly Rafael Nadal um, is cruising down as the goat, the greatest of all time, I think, with those 22 Grand Slams, two ahead of, as you were saying, Djokovic and uh, Roger Federer. Now, there is talk that he's perhaps not, not going to make an appearance at, at Wimbledon, which is the next Grand Slam coming up, but I, I think if he has the bit between the teeth, he may now continue on 
to play in Wimbledon, but it certainly you wouldn't rule him out for another another clay court victory in a year's time. You certainly the door isn't closed on on Rafa Nadal's career yet. And he's had certainly some tough games as well, going back to the quarter final with Djokovic. And Djokovic, and that was a four setter, you know, another mammoth one that could have gone to five, five sets as well. And some people thought that it would go to five sets. So it isn't like he has a, had a particularly easy run run, run into it uh, like some of them. But I think for Casper Rudd, we did have high hopes for him that he was you know, sort of the young and up-and-coming player, of which there are many, which is exciting for the men's game to see that there is this this young, the Carlos Alcaraz, the Spanish player as well, who's up-and-coming. He was ranked number six and seeded in this. Um, Tsitsipas, you know, is coming up as well. And there's, um, yeah, there's a few out there, but they're, they're still just, don't seem to be able to to match the power and the strength of, of Nadal and, and and Djokovic as well, the two that are certainly at the top of their game at the moment. You mentioned that went four, but the one before that was Felix uh, in the fourth yeah. round. That was that was five. That was unbelievable. I know that's a, like a long haul, you know. And uh, Felix Alexander, I can't remember his name and his um, third name, but he, I mean, he's again one of the the young up and coming ones. So to play five sets um, on clay, which is so energetic and I've spoken to you again before about the singles game when you're out there in front of thousands of people on your own with your support system is whatever at least 20 metres away in their box trying to give you the psychological support that they can but it is some operation to see the power the athleticism um, of those players we were lucky enough I was lucky enough to travel with a few of the other ladies from Kilkenny Tennis Club to go to Roland Garros last week and we were there on Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday last week to see some great matches and we saw Nadal as well which is great and we saw Zverev to, to see them up close and personal and to see the power of their shots, to see uh, how close the margins are and how fast they are and the super athleticism of the, of the, the physicality of, of the players to be able to see them up close and personal was a joy to behold last week I have to say. Uh, what did you make of 18-year-old Coco Goff taking on world number one, Iga Swiatek? Yeah, I mean, that was another another um, mouth-watering prospect for yesterday. Again, one of the youngsters coming up against the world number one. Um, Iga really, you know, they played in front of full capacity crowd yesterday in the centre court, Philip Chatrier court, and... I think Coco Goff came out as, as as nervy in general. She's ranked uh, number twenty three, and she came out against against number one. She's only eighteen. She has a history of. Um, she won, I think, Wimbledon Juniors in twenty nineteen. Oh no, sorry, it was the French Open four years ago. She won as a junior, and she's sort of making slow and steady progress to come up against the only twenty. You know, Iga Skantek, the Polish player who's. World number one. She's only twenty one. She had her twenty first birthday during the week in 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 Paris. Um, again, I think we hoped for more from from Coco Gauff. You certainly can't rule her out for the for the future. The two of them played beautifully on on the clay court yesterday. Um, Coco Gauff's backhand got her out of trouble a little bit dur- during the match, but there was certainly no hiding place for her on the court against Fiantek. As I said, Gauff was nervy coming out to begin with. And Sienta took a four-love lead to the Gwyneth, so she sort of powered in four, four games straight away. Uh, Coco Goff closed it back to 4-1, and she stayed composed the whole time, but she really was outplayed by Sienta, who took the first set, uh, 6-1, and then the second set was started off slightly with a different, I would have said, like a slightly um, different atmosphere to the, the first set, and Goff actually broke. Um, Sviantek serve and took a two-love lead but then you saw Sviantek 
switching it on and came back to 2-1 and then cranked it up. Her forehand was amazing, to be on text. Um, and then eventually went on to, to win 6-1, 6-3. Goff stayed fighting till the end, the young 18-year-old, but again was up against a bit of a wall. Of Iga Sviantek, who seemed to peak during the whole, she, she seemed to get her whole training program and her whole strategy right. She started and she improved slowly and steadily as as the two weeks went on, and peaked just at the right time at about four o'clock yesterday afternoon to take her, only her second Grand Slam uh, ever. She Coco Goff, the eighteen-year-old, was playing in her first ever Grand Slam final. And Iga Sviantek won her second French Open. She had won back in 2020 when she beat um, Kenan, I think it was, two years ago. So great to see um, the youngsters again coming up. And it'll be interesting. Looking forward to Wimbledon, the next the next um, Grand Slam, which will be on on grass. So altogether different surface for them. And to see how they, how they play on the different surface. But certainly Sviantek has... Um, seem to have superhuman capabilities. She was really playing at her very best and I say as I say, peaked to perfection at the final yesterday with her powerful game. Yeah, I think record equal in thirty five consecutive matches. But speaking of looking ahead, Shirley, uh looking ahead for Kilkenny Lawn and Tennis Club, what do you have coming up? Yeah, we have the club championships are starting, our local club championships. I heard the interview there with Carlo uh, the PRA for Carlo uh, Tennis Club just before the news and we are running uh, alongside Carlo Open Week with our local club championships. I think we have about 180 entries into that. The finals take place on Saturday week, Saturday the 18th, but we also have a fundraising uh, I listened to the interview that you had also with Una Dillon. We have, we're running a fundraising tennis tournament next Saturday evening in aid of Kushnoor, the local uh, cancer support services. That's happening in the tennis club on Saturday, the 11th of June. And we've just finished the um, the singles league, which is sponsored by the Hibernian Bar and Hotel. Do you mind if I read out a few of those results? Go for it. Of them. In the men's grade one and grade two, our club president, Robert Cummins, beat Jason Rochford in the final. And in the ladies' section of the same grade, Magda Driscoll beat Anna Mahoney. In the men's grade three, Bratislav Dmitrijevic beat um, Ender Roberts. While in the ladies' section, Borsa Wuzma beat Ishimak. In the men's grade four competition, Lar Ryan beat Bob Devey. While in the ladies' section, grade four, Afrik Bulger beat Madeleine Bolson. In the men's grade five, it was won by Noel Dawson, who beat Marcel Bruns. And in the ladies' section, Veronica Fagan got the better of Aoife O'Keefe. And in the men's grade six, John Hayes beat John Phelan. And the ladies, Marie Sheehan beat Neve Moore. And in the ladies' grade seven, finally, the, the, the winner there was Elva Coulter, who beat Deirdre Doyle. So that was the finals of the singles competition, which happened last Saturday. And club championships is starting Schedule is online, it just went live about 20 minutes, half an hour ago, and that's up online for play to commence Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday's schedule is online as we speak. Sounding very busy, Shirley. Thank you very much for giving us a rundown on everything with the French Open and what's happening at Kilkenny Lawn and Tennis Club. Uh, We'll have all that interviews up on scoreline.ie in just a bit if you happen to miss out. But Shirley, thanks very much for coming on. 
Thanks, Shane. Much appreciated. Shirley Trimble there, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to switch our attention now over to GAA just after the break. Brian Cody and Henry Shefflin post-match reaction on the way. After that, then, we'll be hearing from the likes of Niall Carew and Captain Dara Foley after Carlos lost there to the, in the Chalchin Cup. Up first, Henry Shefflin. He'll be coming up right after the break, so don't go anywhere. Stick around here on Scoreline. Lots more still to come. The Carlo footballers narrowly lost out to Westmead in the Talton Cup this weekend. Here, Niall Carew talks to Brendan Hennessy. Niall, commiserations on the defeat, but I tell you, they died with their boots on. Yeah, Brendan, and, and that's all you can ask for. And uh, it would have been very easy for us uh, to throw in the towel when we went one fourth, no score, down uh, 10 or 12 minutes into the first half. But our lads hung in and hung in. And I suppose that's character building for us, um, even though we didn't get the win. But uh, look, overall, I'm very happy uh, with the performance. Disappointed with the result. Um, just gave away 1 5 uh, just on our own turnovers, uh, which is disappointing. You know, um, I lost by five. Yeah, we lost yeah. by five. And when you give away one five, I'm not sure what they gave away, but you're only worried about your own thing. Uh, but look, to put in a massive performance, and um, I'm proud of the whole lot of them. Yeah. Uh, one thing people are asking, and I know the manager has the answers to all these questions. Uh, all the high balls that Carlo dropped in today, and you said to me last week it was front foot forward, and it was. And John Coney's men, Westmead, was front foot forward. Two teams that out there to play football, which were successful with every high ball. And I know you have to keep possession on the whole lot, but when Carlo did need a score or two, you probably mightn't have got the chance to get in, but did you? stop sending them in I don't think deliberately but why did they not stay going in because you were fruitful yeah no absolutely I think they sat deeper in the second half and um, uh, we tried to get one or two in and they were just they weren't as successful as the first half um, and I suppose if you want trick pony if you're at that all the time um, yeah look I, I think the two points that we conceded in the second half yeah. um, you know we were playing catch up and we got back to two again midway through the second half and we probably just needed one of them goals that we got in the first half just to get our noses in front um, um, look, and it's all down to experience. I mean, just giving away the ball at the wrong time in the first half. Uh, just what happened after that then was you were always playing catch up but as I said they showed massive character they never gave in um, they just kept going and going and going and we had 9 or 10 lads there playing for the first time ever this year um, so that's going to bring them on hugely I think going forward uh, great group of lads um, and I'm, I'm delighted for them that they died with their boots on as you said Brendan and, and you're 100% right uh, but I think this team was always improving as the year went on um, because the only result that didn't go our way was the Sligo one where you know we just uh, we were just had a very very weakened team that day um, but every other game we've been in it you know and um, I'm just delighted for them that to finish the year off uh, with their head you know their their head held high and uh, that's all we can ask of these that well, uh, this group is going to get better and better and they don't forget we were without Jordan Morrissey yeah, and, and Dara O'Brien um, they're two massive players for us um, get them back fit next year maybe get two or three others in the panel to straighten it up but um, not I'm, I'm very very happy with, with the year to be honest with you and at the outset Willie and Bernard ran commentary with me the lads were just saying that exactly what you've been saying you can build under a great group of fellas and there's a great attitude they apply themselves very well you when you took the Carla job said that your priority would be Leinster Championship uh, so however Talton Cup so your, your idea is Championship but now the lads were just saying today and I, I, you probably agree on this that get out of Division 4 into Division 3 and come up against better teams not a lot between them yeah. but is that your plan now? Yeah absolutely I mean every team in Division 4 will 
football field they can get out of it and we're one of them uh, but I think this year it's will not easy absolutely not no and it's very very competitive but a little bit of luck with injuries etc um, you, 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 you know we'd be very happy with it going forward uh, no I, I'm really pleased with the group uh, but yeah uh, looking forward to next year already yeah, uh, even in defeat today I can see a bit of a smile because we were complimenting the unification there on the field yeah. after because yeah. great group of lads and in fairness you said to me the last night nobody stepped away the only players you lost them were injured parties yeah absolutely no every lad and we were never going to take a step back today and just come up a bit short against a team that's after playing two Leinster finals only a couple of years ago a team that finished third in Division 3 so it was always going to be a step up um, and we knew that coming in uh, and I think it was just them on forced errors which is down to experience that Mikey Bambrick in fairness to him died with his boots on there so he made a couple of mistakes but he won't make them again you know so I'd be very very happy uh, with the Bambricks and the Clarks and Dara Foley on route I think Hulton, his, well oh, Hulton was excellent yeah. and Crowley even though things didn't, the ball didn't bounce from in the first half never stopped yeah. Ross Dunphy you know it's, he's it's only, a great panel performance absolutely his first full game back all year Ross and like he put in a performance like that and they're all lads under 23 so look I, I know come Monday I'm going to be absolutely devastated um, when I wake up um, now you're just saying look go out now with the lads and uh, just celebrate the year not the uh, result uh, our performances are getting better uh, the county board are right behind us in fairness to you boys in the nationals and uh, the radio you've been very very supportive when you could have buried the boot into us uh, but you knew it was young not too late yet no I know that <laughs> <laughs> no I know that um, but uh, like it w- it'd be very easy to do that and, and it's amazing if that does happen well then no one wants to play for Carla and no one wants to follow Carla well it won't be happening here anyway no great great well, you have to credit lads who train four nights a week if their weekends up and commit yeah. commit their lives to what to do so we have to credit fellas to do that absolutely Brad and look I want to thank you for even the shop window for all our lads it's very important to promote Gaelic football in Carlow and we're going to do our best next year again all right. I wish you well Niall and thanks for always being very helpful to us as well I know I don't want to make it a mutual admiration society but you never phone one thing we never have to go looking for you always make yourself available and thanks very much win lose or draw and uh, well done on your performances in the Talson Cup the final question it is, a, it is a competition that can work it's worked already in particular the competitiveness of the two games yeah absolutely I, I think I think the winners should probably get back into the last 12 and, and then that would make it it would make it really attractive then ok well listen thanks a million no bother thanks Brian well Brendan also caught up with Westmead manager John Cooney John, congratulations. Uh, some people weren't in favour of the Talson Cup. A lot of people in Carlow were. That proved to be another excellent game of football. And well done, Westmead won. Well, I thought it was a great display of skill out there and endeavour. And there was a lot of really, really good top-class scores kicked. And it was huge honesty from both sets of players. So why would you not want to, why would you not want to endorse the Talton Cup? I think you had two teams out there who were very committed to it. You had a good crowd at it and created a bit of excitement. So like, I'd say drive it on. Yeah, you played against Carlow and your time when I started out in radio I don't want to bring you back too far but you know how competitive it can be and in fairness to them they did very well here last week they competed with your lads very very well you're playing at a higher level but that's what made it an interesting game and they came back into the game while you got off to a great start I totally 
completely agree with you and there are two goals came as a result of of them battling hard and uh, they soaked up the pressure you know early in the first half I think the first goal gave them something to go after and the second goal gave them something to be really positive about at half time and we we had to come out and control the game and get a grip on it it was um, by no means was it was it under control so we probably managed to do that coming into the into the last quarter you know and but we had to kick a lot of really really good scores to get into that position yeah you did at the right time as well when you needed the scores you got them and then when you were a few out outside of a one score game you settled very well and took your scores very well defended well and Carlo defended well held you at bay but you had the damage done yeah but I think Carlo were, were excellent you know and I think their their um, their win last week against Tipperary was very evident in how they played and they drove at us and drove at us and deserve huge credit for it I, one thing for sure we'll be going into the semi-final a lot better after this game than we were before it so we're delighted to get that improved performance on last week from our from our regard and something to build on now over the next two weeks and you have to be happy it's Croke Park now for the semi-final two televised finals great to see a county like Westmead and Croke Park on the television you know so excellent so as the manager John you're a very happy man yeah and look let's get behind it and let's drive it on like there's a lot of young fellas in the dressing room there and it's another Croke Park experience for them and hopefully one of many many down the line that they'll have in their career and um, I think the lads are totally behind this competition and the further we can go on it the better OK well listen great to meet you in Carlow today very best of luck in the semi-final I'm sure all in Carlow will be rooting for Westmead and uh, continue success and well done you've been a great player and a great manager so wish you well appreciate that Good thanks a million come on thanks well done thanks a million come on thanks a million We also heard from Dara Foley, Carlo football captain. Dara, that one got away. Um, very competitive game. Again, two excellent games in the Talton Cup. Unfortunately, it wasn't a victory today, but splendid performance from the lads, as Niall said, died with their boots on. Yeah, I suppose. Start killed us, you know. We, we uh, couple on first turnovers again, and they, they, they punished us on the scoreboard. And we, we never we got back to two points there, going in just a half time, but we kind of never kicked on. Started the first, second half, they won the throw and got a score, and they went, got three in the shot then. You know, you had to kind of... An experienced team, hopefully, the lads will get more experience. You kind of have to kill that somehow and not let get them let them get the momentum that they did but you know you can't ask any more the lads they gave absolutely everything and I suppose you could see it with the support that we got that they were proud of the performance out there today and everyone gave it all on to the last minute and you can't ask any more really Niall speaks to the lads that are under 23 I don't make, want to make you feel like an old man you're still a young fella but Willie has mentioned it as well there's a, it is a good young panel and Niall at the outset said that during the league and there's a lot to work with there and I know we've lost a lot of big names in Carla, but lads came to their, the end of their careers and it doesn't help in small counties but going forward and looking at it there, there is a great uh, mix of clubs and players there and more probably to get involved as well that can work and uh, the unity is there and it, it looks like it's there's great great character in the camp absolutely See, like it's I know I spoke about the age there and it is it's a young team like th- these lads are going to learn you could see or, like, it was a difficult league campaign and then at the first round against Loud was even more difficult but you could see every time they came back at it they were improving every time and they came out in the performance last week and to be fair came out in the performance today they never gave in like Westmead are a seasoned team with lads there that have been there done it and been played in Leinster finals and so couldn't be any more proud of the boys and I'm just hoping that like they'll kick on now and not rest on their laurels and maybe say oh 
whether I go back in next year or whether I want to we have to get out of that cycle because Carroll will only end up staying in Division 4 forever if we keep doing that crack you know we really need to think like inter-county footballers and, and say listen what do I need to do to improve and what, what can I what more can I do instead of looking at the outside saying oh this that should be in or that that should be in you know we need to we need to back it up ourselves and, and, and progress okay, and Dara great initiative here at half time over last week with the schools uh, the county board giving out the jerseys to young players I know you're all very well kitted out in Carlow the new outfit it's been a talking point I know you've been modelling it you're on TV you're in Croke Park at the launch looks fantastic uh, ironically today's the first day he lost in it because uh, the hurlers won all their matches in, in it as well uh, and the footballers he had won last week but all the gear for Carlow looking well splendid outfit and I'm getting calls and texts from Galway and Kerry and say red shorts and all looks well uh, people mix views on it in the beginning but I think uh, looking well at the moment what's your own views on it? you like it? I suppose it's hard for me after the, after I get knocked out of championships hard yeah. to really think much just about going forward because the, the initiative here today is encourage all the kids in the schools to be involved and they're all involved and they're giving away the jerseys but that's it sure, we're, we're, we're nothing without the kids coming through you know and you could see all the young lads coming up there after the games and you, you want them to think well I want to be a county footballer for Carlo and, and I want to play either with Carlo or football or Carlo you know and that's it's great it's a great initiative and hopefully we can work closely with the county board and drive the standards even more so you know we're, we, we, that's where we all have to be in the one boat pushing this in the one direction you know and, and, and that's what we want to do and hopefully that's where we'll see progress we'll see you very soon now in the club jersey the the, the, uh, the local scene is coming back now in the next few weeks Dara so inter-county scene over it, it happens every county but uh, local championships coming up now in the not too distant future we're looking forward to seeing you in the bright colours uh, yeah no, I actually look forward to getting back down to the lads you know we have a great bunch down there and it's always enjoyable getting back and playing with my local club but um, yeah it's, it'll be it'll take a week or two off and you know I suppose with the club championship being so far away it's it, you can really take a break and, and get refreshed and try to get going again and be back at it and no better well, Listen as captain of the team thanks very much you've always been up front and having a word with us here and thanks for everything and commiserations on the defeat today but well done on some great performances in the Talton Cup for Carlo and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the not too distant future uh, Thanks very much Brendan thanks for everything Thanks Dara No better Brendan Thank you Hey Vin it was also a bad day for the Kilkenny Intermediate Camogie team Anya Fahey caught up with Sinead O'Keefe after that match in Cork I'm joined by Sinead O'Keefe after the round two of the uh, Glen Dimplex Intermediate All-Ireland Championship against Cork. Sinead, probably not the result that you were looking for today. No, Anya, it's not. I suppose any match you want to you want to win, you want to, you like this match is so important for us to get on top. Um, you know, Cork are probably one of the teams we need to beat in this league if we want to make it to All-Ireland final or semi-final or whatever. So, look, we didn't get the win today, but we've three matches left now, and I think we'll just learn from that match and drive on now again. Um, we've Derry at home now next week, so I think you know there's bits and pieces there we probably can take, but more so we can't, and we'll just have to learn from those going forward. I think. Do you think they would say the fact that there was such a gap between the Leash game, and then you had Kildare, which you had a very comfortable win over? Do you think that could have maybe harpened the fact that you hadn't really had like a serious contest coming into this game? Um, I suppose yeah. Like I think we'll learn from that. Like you know the physicality and how to deal with physicality, and then the concentration, thinking, and how to use the ball under pressure. I suppose we kind of did lack that last week. Really, like the pressure wasn't on us as much. Um, but look, we we took last week's win as as a positive, and we wanted to learn from that and move on again this week. And unfortunately, we couldn't get that. But you know we still have three matches left, and we just have to work on it from there. 
next one we're heading into now is Derry at home next week you know a lot obviously to be worked on but you know there is some positives that you can take from this game today oh yeah definitely like we, we have a week now to prepare to settle back again and just kind of put behind us and really work towards Derry like it will be a kind of win-win match like we have to win it going forward if we want to go through and I think all focus will be on that and a home game as well will suit us nicely I think and I think um, you know hopefully we can get even a good crowd behind us like just drive it on and give us that lift and that emphasis behind it perfect that's great thanks very much thanks Leon, yeah. Martin Quilty was on duty for KCLR to do live commentary of that game. He spoke to John Scott, Kilkenny Intermediate Camogie Manager, after the full-time whistle. Here's what he had to say. John, disappointing day here in Parky Arena in Cork. Uh, 13 points to 1-5 defeat to the home team. I suppose give us your overall view of the game. Um, yeah, look, I thought we started off fairly OK. Uh, we got a lot of position, but we just didn't convert the actual position that we did have. And then once they got kind of on top, I don't know whether the, we kind of, our heads dropped for a while in the last uh, 10 minutes of the second half, our first half. And like, I think they put three points on us without reply. And we kind of never see, we were chasing the game from then on in. Like, But look, in the heel of the hunt, like, we did, we performed well kind of be, be, between them. Uh, I thought from our goalkeeper up to our midfield. Like we worked hard in the forwards just never got a break of a ball at all anywhere along the line but look this is the way games go two points in the first half must have been disappointing do you feel preparations were probably hampered a bit you were late getting to the venue as well with the traffic and the whole lot you know you seem to be a bit sluggish when you started to go out onto the field in the first half yeah no yeah and it was the traffic was absolutely crazy coming in like but uh, look we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't um, control them but uh, yeah I thought we were a bit sluggish and I think the girls probably were kind of panicking themselves in the bus like coming down but look we'll have to just regroup again on Tuesday night and go from there you had a good win the last day against Kildare you know you knew coming down today it was going to be tough and it was tough Car played very very well they moved the ball through the lines very quickly and your backs were under severe pressure to be fair to you you know it didn't seem that the forwards got much return for the amount of ball that was going up there especially in the second half yeah no it, it is like, and I, keep, I do say that for the amount of position that, like I'd say if you actually looked at the stats I'd say they weren't too far away from one another but just we didn't convert them like especially in our backs I thought we had a lot of ball I remember driving forward we did a lot of that like Cork blocked us down the hook to the, I, now I don't know the stats at the moment but I'd say Cork won every second the rock ball Cork nearly won I'd say 80% of them they won nearly 90 by the looks of it I think Emma Minogue was the only one to come out with one of them dirty balls in the second half Cork seemed to just have a magnet to it the ball just came out every single time with him yeah and I know and, we, and we've been working on this in training all the time about talking about the dirty ball but just today just did not go it's a tough group to be in. You know, you have Jerry coming to town next. They had a six-point victory today as well. You know, they're going into the, the game now. You have a, a game, I suppose, coming back on them. You have one win and one loss. Doesn't get any easier for next week either. No, no, it doesn't get any easier. I like think Derry are going fierce well at the moment now. And, and look, we have them at home. And look, I don't know whether home venues, sometimes it doesn't suit Kilkenny. But look, we'll, we'll, we'll knuckle down, I say, during the week and we'll try and get it right for next week. 
is there much that you can do in training during the week especially to try and get the forwards going with a bit more scores I don't know the decision making some of the times seems to be a bit lax with some of the players that you might have a player outside and instead of going for your own score about recycling or that or am I being a bit harsh on the girls <laughs> in training we have been recycling a fierce amount like, but just today I don't know what was going through some of their heads but look as I say we'll get back and we'll talk to them about the tactics for next week and go from there yeah as we said it is a tough group you'll be eyeing a victory with Derry next weekend it is at home it's in Freshford at 3 o'clock next Saturday I suppose you're putting out a rallying cry to the supporters to come out and get behind the girls in Freshford next week oh yeah if anybody's listening next next Saturday at 3 o'clock St Blackton's in Freshford need your support <laughs> ok well thanks very much John thanks Martin And as always, we caught up with Joe Sheehan, who filled us in on everything that's happening locally on the Greyhound racing scene. Well, it's all happening in the Greyhound racing world this weekend, folks. And last weekend, we had another cracking weekend of action with the €10,000 to the winner track champion open and raced happening in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. It was a cracking affair. And some phenomenal greyhounds have been coming to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium over the last weeks and months for this competition. The best of the pups in the country. And it's been wonderful to see them in action. The winner of this year's Kilkenny Track Champion Open and Race was Another Holiday, owned by Jack Roach and trained by Michael O'Donovan in County Tipperary, bringing home €10,000 for the winning connections. A splendid performance. And Another Holiday is sure to be a greyhound to go a long, long way in many classics in his career ahead. So well done to all connections there. Back in second was Deadly Crusader, owned by Gary Hannon and trained by Carol Ransbottom. And back in third, Droopy's Gravy, owned by the White Eagle Syndicate and trained by Robert Gleeson. Another nice candidate to go a long way in his career. Some very nice performances by him throughout the competition. But it's all about another holiday. Winner of €10,000 for his connections in the Kilkenny Track Champion Open and Race last Sunday. Where last Sunday we also had the Young Ireland's GAA Club fundraiser. Phenomenal crowd turned out. Crowds came in their droves. Wonderful to see that fundraiser well supported and to see this fantastic card well supported as well. We had four other finals on the card as well. The A5, Mick Barco, Tom Crean and Jerry Benson final went to Kells Magic, owned by Seamus Martin and trained by Thomas Lahey. The Black and Amber Kennels A4 Beach Competition was won by Listen Kiva in a very nice clock of 29.17, owned and trained by Mr. Patrick Keogh. The Willie and John Hanlon A3 final went to Hare Leary in 29-14 owned by the Kings of Wicklow Syndicate and trained in County Carlow by the maestro Thomas Buggy whose kennel is flying at the moment. The A2 Kilkenny track bookmakers final went to Check for Sir owned by the Cashback Syndicate and trained by Carol Ramsbottom coming down from Timahoe County Leash. So well done to all connections who were victorious on last Sunday's cracking card at Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. And as we said, wonderful to see huge, huge crowds coming to our local track. Wonderful to see Young Ireland's GAA Club having a very, very, very successful fundraiser at Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and lots of fundraisers to look forward to over the coming weeks and months ahead in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium with the Three Castles GA Club Liz Downey GA Club and Emeralds GA Club having their fundraisers in the coming weeks and months ahead it's a wonderful way to raise money for your club your organisation or any charity and we have seen millions of euro raised for charities over the last number of years in various 
Greyhound stadiums around the country. So if you're interested in that, contact Tom Kinnan, the track manager in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, also available on social media. It's a wonderful way to raise money for your organisation. Last night, we had the Mary Ramsbottom Memorial Novice Competition. Five rounds of that, five cracking rounds of that, might I add. The first round, won by 365, won by the Pints of Hino Syndicate. What a fantastic name for a syndicate. We've seen some very good syndicate names over the last weeks and months running in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. And this is another one to add to the list, trained by Scott Field and 365, put in a very nice performance indeed to take the first round of the Mary Ramsbottom Memorial. And the second round was won by Dunlock. Very slick performance here. 28.99 the clock, owned by Gavin Johns and trained by the aforementioned Carol Ramsbottom. The third heat was won by Captain Garfio. 29.08 the clock here, owned and trained by Kenneth Bustide. The fourth heat was won by Kilcarrig Magpie. 29.04 and owned and trained by Anne Gilfoyle. And the fifth heat was won by Kulanga Rebel, owned by Michael Lowry and trained by classic winning trainer Thomas O'Donovan. And so we move on next week to the Mary Ramsbottom Memorial Lavas Competition second round. It's a cracking competition. Some really nice pops involved here. And these are very, very exciting races indeed. So we saw a fine crowd in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night. And we're sure to see fantastic crowds in the coming weeks ahead for this fantastic competition, the Mary Ramsbottom Memorial Lavas on Race. So well done to all connections of winners at the heats last night. Elsewhere. On Sunday, July 10th, we have the John Mitchell and Kilkenny Goba 20,000 euro festival of racing. What a cracking competition and event this is going to be. 20,000 euro in prize money going to be dished out amongst all the competitions there. Put that date in the diary, folks. Sunday, July 10th, to John Mitchell and Kilkenny Goba 20,000 euro festival of racing. And as we said, Three Castles GA, Liz Downey GA, and Emeralds GA having their fundraisers in the coming weeks and months ahead. So lots happening at our local Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. Elsewhere in the Irish Oaks tonight. We have a very strong local interest in the second quarter final. Troopy's Gloss runs for Mert Lahey and Kilara Odessa runs from Trap 5 in the same heat for Brian Kennedy and Michael Donnelly. And in the fourth quarter final of the Sporting Press Irish Oaks, Raha Mofo, who won last week in 28-15. What a phenomenal clock that was. Also runs for Mert Lahey. So best of luck to local connections in what is a cracking renewal of the Sporting Press Irish Oaks. Let's hope our local contenders can go a long, long way in this one across the pond we have the third round of this year's 2022 English Greyhound Derby and a fantastic local interest in this one we have Moon Coin trainer Peter Cronin having a number of runners and we also have the maestro Paul Hennessy having a strong team there as well you can catch all the action on Sky Channel 437 the first heat kicks off at 35 minutes past 6 and in that one we will see Trap 4 Kildare run for Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin in the second heat of the third round of the English Greyhound Derby Priceless Jet runs from the stripes of Trap 6 for Paul Hennessy in the third heat JT Wexford runs from the black jacket of Trap 4 another one of Paul Hennessy's runners in the fifth heat two local runners here Trap 2 Barefoot Supremo for Paul Hennessy and Trap 4 Cape Cloud for Peter Cronin and last but not least in heat 8 Trap 2 Hello Hammond running from the blue jacket for Paul Hennessy as well 
So we have a very, very strong local hand in this year's English Greyhound Derby, of course. Paul Hennessy has won it a number of times and Peter Cronin has a nice record in his competition as well. He always sends over a very strong team. So best of luck to all our local runners across the pond in the third round of the English Greyhound Derby. Best of luck to all local runners in Shelburne Park tonight for the quarterfinals of the classic, the Sporting Press Irish Oaks. And we look ahead to very, very strong cards and competitions over the coming weeks and months ahead and fundraisers of course in our local Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium very exciting times indeed for the Greyhound racing world best of luck to all our local runners this weekend and that's all for another edition of Scoreline Extra I hope you enjoyed the show don't forget you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm we'll talk to you again soon (laughs) 